podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello, welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey, uh, Pod three eighty one. Indeed, and it's, it's the first. It's the first podcast. Well, first podcast since Palace have uh, lost two 0 to Man City, which we'll come on to. It's first podcast since Kevin's birthday. So, hey, Kevin, happy birthday for Monday. Thank you very much. Happy birthday, Kevin. Thank you from, from all Crystal Palace fans everywhere. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. Oh, yes. and, them, and them as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a nice time? I mean, the weather was sort of wet, wet, wet and windy, so I imagine you probably were quite happy in your element. I, I, I would have been very happy with the weather, yes, except to, it turned the plans for the socially distanced outdoor party a bit on its head. So there was a certain air of illegality towards the small gathering that we had. But uh, the, gazebo, the gazebo turned into a kite halfway through yesterday afternoon. But no, <laughs> I love- uh, no, it was lovely. It was, it was, it was very. It was. Uh, so I'm a little bit fragile just at the moment. It's, like, it's not like the old days. Like, it's all right for you. Oh, yeah. You, Jane, you just wake up in the morning with a hangover, you rub your eyes, and it magically disappears. It's- oh yes, definitely. That's definitely true. Yes, those <laughs> days <laughs> definitely haven't long gone for me. I like the way you said a, li- a little element of e- egality before Andy Street has joined the podcast because he is going to join us in a couple of minutes. So I like. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that not the, the way. I'm not saying it in front of that grass. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, he has actually turned up, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let has him he, in. Has he turned I'm let no, him in? No, yeah. That's nice of him. <coughs> oh, there oh, he is. There he is. Oh, there he is. Uh, the legal. <coughs> yeah, we, we, we were just talking about our legal. Just legal, what, legal. A, what a valuable and essential part of the pod you were. Indeed, absolutely. <laughs> I usually have to pay you to say nice things about me to a public audience, so that's uh, nice to know you're doing it for free. You must be full of birthday cheer. <coughs> Post-birthday cheer, yes. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, Andy, welcome to the podcast. We are live. I'm not editing this either, so uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I, I appear to be treating this like it's a work conference called Rocking Up Late and Unprepared. So apologies. <laughs> I was going to say, you've, 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 you've got your professional Zoom face on. You've got your representing Man United fans in court face. <laughs> uh, no, no need to strike that lower blow, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might ask you guys about that later on, actually. Because, um, to be honest, I think we're going to move swiftly on from the Palace performance because not much to talk about. Wouldn't it be nice if Gary Neville had been so righteously indignant about Berry going out of business? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When he could have, he could have stuck his hand in his pocket and saved the club. Um, right, before we move on to talking about Palace, uh, can I get a drum roll for a, a random patron shout out, please? <laughs> it's Mister uh, Joel Pivoto. Hey, Joel. Oh, hi, Joel. Hello, Joel slash Joel. Thank you very much for being a patron of uh, FYP. Much appreciated. And you can join our patron and get all the rewards like Joel does, including post-match podcast, patron-only merchandise, money off our other merchandise, access to the WhatsApp club, and much more at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. And we do now have merchandise available for everybody. Patrons get 20% off at podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash FYP hyphen podcast. So check that out if you need some FYP merch um, in your life. Um, what we had in our lives, though, Kevin, at the weekend was a terrible link. It uh, was um, Palace against Man City. Well, I mean, more specific, Man City's second string. Um, they still 
strolled to a 2-0, comfortable 2-0 victory. But quite a lot of people, me included, were quite impressed by that Palace performance. And actually, it felt like they actually gave it a bit of a go. What was your review? Man City's second string or not, and it, it, it only lacked Foden and De Bruyne, really. Second string or not, every single starting player for Man City would have walked into our first team, so I don't think that's a particular issue. Um, I actually watched it in the treehouse in Croydon. Uh, in, a, in a tree? In the treehouse, the pub. Oh, right. okay. Which, unfortunately, the treehouse is not a freehouse, because that, that would, have, would have made me laugh more. But yeah. Started my birthday weekend, so I was in a good mood. But I, w- I didn't look at Twitter over the weekend, but I was surprised to learn this morning that there was a lot of Palace fans who were moaning. I thought I thought we were fine. I thought first half in particular, we made a really good fist of it. I thought Wardy and Mitchell were really good. I thought we saw that Eze is capable of defending. We don't want him to, but he is capable of it. I thought we were on the front foot for a lot of the game in the first half, if you know, just if Benteke had timed his jump a little bit better, if Ward had shot rather than pulling it back, I, I, we didn't we didn't approach it like a League Two team in a cup tie. Um, and in the second half, yeah, I'll, I'll always try and pick faults in in, for, in Palace's defence. You know, it, it, even the two goals, I still think Gaeta could have done better with the second goal against Leicester. To be honest, but there's nothing you could do with that Aguero goal. It's just a superb. A superb goal, mistake for the second goal, and they 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 could have scored more to be honest. But two 0 was a fair result, and we're talking about a team that played PSG off the park a week ago. So I I, I didn't think there was anything too much to worry about in that performance. In fact, I, in fact, I was quite impressed by how positive we were, and considering how scared we were at the end of last week's pod when we talked about what could have happened and I thought we you know and I don't think it was a case of Man City playing within themselves I think I think we genuinely made it difficult for them the first half I think we really frustrated them uh, yeah obviously I think if we'd scored they would have scored whenever they wanted to but I know I was impressed with it I, I was, I'm surprised that people are so upset and annoyed by that performance well, I think that's just, you've just explained Twitter in a nutshell, to be honest. Um, and that is, although having said that, we do have some questions coming up from later from some of our listeners who are also still a bit uh, annoyed by it. Enders, it was, um, it was a good performance. How did you, how did you kind of review it in terms of glad that we'd gone for it or frustrated that maybe we hadn't seen more of this kind of intent, maybe? Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. Fair point. Um, I thought we showed a level of maturity, especially for the, you know, the first sixty minutes up until the. You know, you, you are playing against potentially the best. Well, you are playing against the best team in Europe, albeit their second, their second string. But um, I thought, you know, very competent. I think the, you know, they they could have been scared. I don't think they were. I think it showed once again that we're lacking somebody sharp up front. Yep. You see, you see a player like Aguero who's been at the club 10 years about to leave and he was as sharp as a razor you know um we just showed that we just it it, it was positive but it did show up where we are lacking you know yeah. I'm not saying that we could have taken anybody who could have taken that team to the cleaners they didn't really didn't really get into fourth gear to be honest until you know and I just think we uh we were good enough not to be humiliated but it did show up uh where we're lacking in our squad mm. with a little bit of creativity in midfield and especially up front with some sharpness and some energy and some youth. You know, there was, a, there was that great move in the first half when Townsend crossed it to Benteke and he didn't quite, you know, the, the tallest man in the squad couldn't quite get to it. But, you know, that was a shame. But there was just, just seems that little bit lacking. I just think that if we'd had a little bit about us, maybe earlier in the season, there's a little bit of almost been on the beach about the game, a little bit, a little mm. bit. Uh, I know we're not mathematically safe, as Kevin will tell us, uh, but we are safe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was fine. It was fine. It was one of those games. It was neither, neither, neither. I'm just really glad we didn't get hammered 6 7 nil. You know, that's yeah. amazing. Good, good. Ma- maths of James Endicott. It's not, it's not mathematical, <laughs> but it is happening. It's, not ma- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about math, It's mate. what I say. It's what I say, not actual maths. Yeah. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, it's sort of shine light on issues we know have been part of the squad. Yeah. For, but for a while, we know that yeah, up front yeah. we need a little bit more. But what I thought was interesting, uh, I come to Andy for this, is it was the second game in a row that Palace had gone with this 4-3-3 slash 4-1-4-1 formation, basically a sort of deviation from Roy's sort of 4-4-2 that he's pretty wedded to, mm. with Eze 
playing more of a central role, uh, basically with, with Riedeveld in front of Luca, which is something that the fans have been crying out for for a long time. And as Kevin says, I thought we saw a more mature as a performance, defensively making better decisions. And actually, maybe it turns out that, that Twitter is right. Eze can play centrally. It's not a number 10. It's not a number 10. Stop you right there. It's not a number 10. Well, what do you think then? What do you think of, the, of this Eze sort of more slightly central roaming role? I think he's been quite mixed in that role. He was pretty good the last two games, but earlier in the season when he played there, for example, against Wolves, he ended up being switched more uh, into a wide position later on after being slightly ineffective in the middle. So I think you would be, I think jumping to conclusions a little bit hastily to say anything other than that the jury is out on that being his best position. But he did very well in, in those two matches. And much as Roy Hodgson has taken flack for being inflexible, rigid, and not changing his systems or selections, I mean, he, he did do that in the last two games. Mm. And albeit that the results weren't necessarily better, the performances were. So I, I, I quite, I quite like it in that position. I'd like to see him more there. Whether or not it's in, in time going to be his uh, best position, goodness knows. I mean, who knows what the system will be in six or seven games' time uh, in terms of competitive matches for Palace. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was um, at least for the first sixty minutes pretty good to watch. I thought the, the system was really interesting and because all the focus is on Man City, rightly so. I, mean, I can't remember which pundit it was. It was only one pundit in passing who talked about the fact that Rivald was clearly playing a little bit further ahead than uh, Luca, mm-hmm. uh, which he said was really clever from uh, from Roy because it, it denies a bit more of the space in that area. You know, if we're playing a sort of straightforward 4-4-2 and you give Man City an awful lot of space an awful lot of pitch to move into but just by putting Gyro sort of 5-10 yards ahead of Luca, you're kind of marking that space already and making life a little bit more difficult for Man City than it would have been and I think it's the first time you've seen an actual or you've been visibly able to see a Roy change because you know he tinkers around the edges a lot, but that's a, that looks like a slightly different system, and and it did work for an hour. And, and it, Wardy was doing a sort of half man marking job on Raheem Sterling, which was re- was I thought he was really effective at that yeah, role, and especially yeah. in the first 25, 30 minutes until they worked it out a little bit. Yeah, Enders, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's been the system that Roy's used for the last two games, both against teams that play three at the back, both against teams that sort of have similar better teams, systems, basically. better teams yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that drive from midfield. So it's interesting to see Roy move away from his tried and tested 4 4 2. But I've mean, got questions about Roy later on. I think it's yeah. generally perceived that he will move on in the summer. Yeah. So it's almost like Roy is like, do you know what? Fine. Have your four three three. Have your Eze in the middle. I'm off in the summer anyway. Do what you want. Almost, almost like sort of end of end of exam exam time, and everyone just like doesn't care anymore. But weirdly, it's sort of working. Yeah, it's interesting. Just uh, before we came on the pod, I uh, was watching the uh, I was on the Crystal Palace website, uh, just watching the extended highlights on there again, just to remind myself, and also watching the uh, Roy interview and uh, the interview. The interviewer was t- asking about uh, Sony players being out of um, contracts and are they going to be playing and do you think people are really believing in it and just, you know, the g- general figure around the squad and about himself as well. And he was saying you shouldn't really be making any de- decisions on people at the moment. See how they go in the next five games. And from what I would gain from that was that, look, we're pretty much safe now. So the, the next five games are going to really determine who's who believes in this club and who wants to stay. And I guess, I don't know whether that refers to him or not. I don't know. I think he's, I think he's maybe resigned to himself that he's, he's going to go. Um, I'd, I would like, I just don't want the season to peter out like he did at the end of last season. I don't want it to end up like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, you know, he has done his time there. I think, you know, we, we, we're all fully aware of it. Everybody listening, the four of us would be talking about it for nearly two years now, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And, you know, but this club needs a shake-up, you know, from from the front, through the midfield, through to the, uh, the bench and the management. And, you know, and it just needs changes everywhere. And I think that's got to start with the management as well so um, it won't be a surprise to be honest though very typically Palace it wouldn't be surprised if he's here in September you know it yeah. really wouldn't it really wouldn't but well, 
it, it's, uh, it, it's strange because it seems to me that the mood, the mood music has really changed this weekend because we've had three months of quite a few people agreeing with me that he could quite easily be our manager next season. Mm. And suddenly, for no apparent reason that I could see, over the weekend, everyone seems to have decided he's, he's definitely going. Everyone says, keeps saying whatever the signs are, but people are going, mm. oh, he's off, he's definitely off, you can tell. Um and I, I wonder if that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, whether that whether Roy looks at that and says, "Well, people seem to think I'm going, so I'll I'll go." But I don't know why we're suddenly all, all, all more convinced that he was is about to leave than he we were two weeks ago. Basically, I just, I just think it's because we're all. I think we, you know we're five games away. We've got one against Liverpool, four against teams kind of around, around us. Yeah, um, I think we're pretty. I'm going to keep saying this: we're safe. Um, the season's cut. It's a bit of weird season. The season's petering out for us as, a, as supporters, as a club. It feels as though the, it feels as though it's kind of coming to a premature end of the season mm. in a weird way. And um, I think that's maybe the feeling that people need something to talk about. And also, you know, we're talking about Twitter. There was no Twitter over the weekend. Uh, there was no nobody be- bleating on on the internet about stuff because there was, you know, there was a an info. A, an unenforced silence, and rightly so. But um, I think now people come out of that, and they've got they want to say something, don't they? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, on sort of on the subject of, I guess <clears throat> this is sort of related to Roy's the entertainment factor. Now, I actually thought because Palace sort of went for it and showed more intent that I actually I found it quite an enjoyable game to watch and actually quite entertaining because you felt like even though you knew we were probably going to lose that Palace actually really gave it a bit of intent and a bit of a bit of bite and I thought that was genuinely quite interesting but yeah but the thing is Jeddy if you don't if you don't play like that against the top teams in Europe who are you going to play like that against yeah. we we we've always been a team that raises our game against the better clubs. We always do. If, if we'd have been playing, no disrespect, but you know, well, then next weekend, who we're playing? Sheffield United. Yeah. Be quite interesting to see what happens against Sheffield United, who, who are down. We've got nothing to play for. They've got nothing to play for apart from pride. I mean, that is a real dead rubber, that game. And it'd be interesting to see how we play in that game. Will we play like we did for the first six minutes against Man City? Probably not, in a weird way. Whereas, you know, well, whereas we it, could and actually tend to the cleaners if we wanted to. It, 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 I mean, as Celsius says in the post, <gasps> you can only play against, you can only play against who you're playing. Well, I've butchered that. Quite. It depends on how the te- opposition team sets up, really. Yeah, but let me read you a couple of comments uh, from our listeners. FPL Taxi says, um, hi, FPL, says, um, Burnley v West Ham last night was really entertaining. I never thought I'd say this, but why can't we have our very own Moyes or Deitch? The boredom of watching Palace is killing my love of football. At Johnny Thatch says, watching Palace at the moment, is there any point? I, I personally would disagree with both of those because I thought the last two games we've been actually quite entertaining. But then Achini. Kevin, for me, sort of sums it up. Says, "Is there no result or performance that people won't find something to moan about Roy for?" I think, I think, based on the last two games, it's probably a bit harsh. Well, also, cast your mind back to when David Moyes was first manager of West Ham, when West Ham fans hated him (laughs) and hated the way West Ham played football. And then, of course, that leads to conspiracy theories with with people saying, "Well, they brought him back, but they told him he's got to play more entertaining football." I I happen to think West Ham have benefited from there being no fans in the stadium because. Every time West Ham played in front of a full London stadium, if they hadn't scored within five minutes, the whole place turned against them. They were a nervous, a nervous team. Burnley, I don't see how anybody would be happy to pay money to watch Burnley play. They they play the way they play. They get the ball forward as quickly as possible. If you're a fan of that sort of football, then you know I I, I still think Sean Dyche is the most likely fit to replace Roy if, if he does go. But I, how, what, what, why would that be exciting? Well, that the football will be just as functional, just might maybe more effective. If, if anything, Sean Dyche is more committed to one style of football than than Roy Hodgson is. So that I don't get. But I think Achini's it, it's, comment at the end is right. There are some people, right from the very start, who simply weren't having Roy Hodgson, who thought that he was the one season. Uh, solution and should have gone as soon as he kept us up that season. But it's you know, it's it's quite clear there are fans who just you know, he's he's not glamorous, he's not sexy, he never has been as a manager. It's as simple as that. No one's ever been re- no one's ever delighted Roy Hodgson's turning up. No one, no one was going great. It's the manager we want, but he's he's a very good manager. History will judge him well as a manager. But yeah, it's, 
if, I, I mean, I if you want entertainment, go and join a European Super League. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's football. Yes, it's entertaining to a point, but it's also a game of football. You know, you don't switch on whatever. You, it, it doesn't, just, life doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? It's, it, 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 it depends how you define entertainment. I define entertainment as being at the ground or watching the game with a bunch of friends or just on my own and just looking at it and, and enjoying it. I don't, you know, if it's terrible football, it's terrible football. I'll moan about it. Of course I will. But entertainment is just, people think entertainment has to be good, has to be fun, loads of goals. We have been shipping in goals all season. If that's not entertainment, then what is? Also, we, we touched we touched on this last week. <laughs> we touched on this last week. It's, I, I didn't see the Burnley West Ham game yesterday for obvious reasons, but I can't remember many games this season where I've actually watched till the end if Palace weren't involved. I think that, like Man City PSG last week was was really compelling, entertaining football. But for the most part, I find myself finding other things to do watching. And again, it's a lack of crowd, etc. But there aren't. I can't think of many entertaining games off the top of my head with this season where you've gone what a brilliant game that was yeah I, I mean I th- I just think there are there have been other games this season where the lack of entertainment factor or argument is more on point than the last two games yeah, yeah, and also for all entertainment that Burnley v West Ham was Burnley still lost and they've lost yeah <laughs> seven of their last ten or something that's actually on an yeah. awful awful run on the match so, so Deitch is not exactly covering himself in glory if he does want the Palace job um, Andy what are your thoughts on the entertainment versus lack of entertainment argument particularly over the last two games look at his face you've known him for 14 years look at his face you know where he look, stands on entertainment he's very entertained right now well the, the entertainment on my face right now is because I've got Man City PSG in the background if don't I'm tell me that's what I'm looking up uh, yeah I, I mean there's um you know, the, the school of thought that Selzy likes to espouse where he says that effectively, you know, fans are entertained so long as their team are gaining points. I think there's something in that. Equally, uh, humans sometimes like change for, for change's sake, even if uh, change isn't necessarily needed and can sometimes convince themselves that something that's stayed the same for a while is more boring than perhaps it in fact is. Um, so, I mean, uh, without wishing to get too esoteric on it. I just think that, yeah, ultimately I think there's a lot in what Kevin said there about empty stadia. I mean, the only matches I've found really compelling this season have been some of the latter stage Champions League matches where the quality of it was just so good that it's pretty spellbound, spellbinding. But I've not been particularly enthralled by much in the Premier League, even though there have been some ridiculous score lines. Um, and I do think that once we're all back in the stadium, a huge part of being a Palace fan really is about that fan experience and bond with community and so on and so forth. So I, I think there's an element of it where it's that much more sterile not being there and watching it in front of empty stadia, uh, watching it with empty stadia, sorry, and uh, artificial noise. It, it's no surprise that there's this increasing sense of ennui amongst the uh, Palace fans. So, yeah, I, look, I, I, I get it. And I think a change will, if if one comes, be viewed as being exciting. Um, whether or not that necessarily translates into a better standard of entertainment, I think remains to be seen because we are at the end of the, the day Crystal Palace and 13th in the top division is probably the apex of uh, where we've ever been in our history. Well, that's also part of the problem, Andy, because there are some Palace fans now who think we are an established Premier League club and say, right, we're not going down, whatever the circumstances, so let's play entertaining open football, which will, it will take three years. We, we need to recruit the players to do it for a staff. Isn't it? Whoever comes in whoever comes in isn't going to change the way we play football overnight. And we saw what happened when Frank de Boer came in and tried, tried to do that. The fact is we're not and never will be an established Premier League. There's probably only Everton in the top six who are 100% established. Maybe Leicester as well now. Maybe, well, maybe, Leicester, maybe the top six now. Leicester, but, yeah, but, but even so, they were close to relegation the season after. They you know, they, they got Ranieri out because they were 17th, 18th at one stage. Yeah. So there are, no, there are really no fully established Premier League clubs outside the top six. So you, you, you have to be aware that changing the style of football comes with an awful lot of risk as well. And, the, and that risk is... Yeah, I think that's right. And I think in addition, you know, I, I always think that there's this thing amongst fans of, well, clubs at every level, frankly, where there's this almost perfect club fallacy that there's another alternative club of the similar size to your club who are being run in a completely perfect way. Yeah. And I, you sometimes press some people who think that Palace are uniquely badly run or uniquely unentertaining or uniquely 
uh, awful on the pitch and say, well, which club is it that you say we should be more like and that are run particularly well? You know, for example, you hear Leicester cited quite often who are owned by a benefactor billionaires' estates. Um, you know, so there's, I think there's always that, that difficulty. It's very difficult as fans sometimes to see the wood for the trees and to see that things aren't perhaps as bad as you might think. Well, everyone, Southampton are the club that everyone hails as a, a really good example of you know, recruitment. Uh, and how many bad runs have they been on? Yeah, know, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Exactly. So it's, you know, it's, we're not the only I fans having this conversation. Unfortunately, it's baked into the Premier League now that every club who isn't one of the established top six or one of the ones who are starting to break into that pack is at permanent risk of relegation, is 18 months away from financial disaster if things turn badly. And it's probably six months of bad results from being on the precipice of going down to the championship. Yeah. And we've seen plenty of good clubs go down over the last four or five years just because they've had a bad start to the season and then just not been able to pick up. You know, Watford, when they went down, were not a bad side at all. They had some good players. Yeah. Managed to hold on to some of them have just come up back up because of it. But, you know, it's, it's important just to see the league for what it is, I think. And sometimes that wider context is not lost completely on on fans but i think some fans sometimes don't necessarily have it front of mind can i just read you a quick question that i was going to put in part, part three from lee Ayres, hey, lee. Um, hey, lee. which i think you guys have sort of covered a bit earlier but he says um unusually unable to watch the games i follow on twitter but saturday i could only watch fans comments which were generally positive till we consider the two goals on twitter melted down with anti-roy vitriol i don't think this would be the reaction in seller so it made me wonder if the whole perception yeah. of the season would be different if we weren't seeing it on tv as watchers rather than as part of the experience would roy's position be better or worse would pvo be pva be so reviled for mistakes etc etc but i think you sort of covered that kevin earlier didn't you well no, I, I think it, yeah. I, I do think it's a good you know we know lee is a friend of the pod but I, I think that's a very good point because what happens when you see it on tv is you immediately see it 10 times over so when you when you're in the ground you kind of go hang on did the keeper get that wrong was was should pva be marking him should benteke have done better but you don't get to see it immediately from 10 different angles as you do when you're watching it on on telly. So you go from being mildly irritated to being furious in the space of 20 seconds. Plus you've got a commentator and a pundit going, oh, that was shocking, terrible defending. Whereas in the ground, we make our own mind up about how something was. So I think it does it, it does magnify it without a doubt. I mean, you'll never be able to, to quantify the effect that having fans in this season would have had on our performances. But it does it does that and magnify it all because it's not literally using a magnifying glass unless you're very short sighted. But you know, it's everything is is heightened and magnified. And of course, when you're watching it on Sky, Sky have to add drama into it by. As I said before, before Andy Turner, I don't think anybody, any team in the world, could have defended against that first goal. But of course, immediately for a minute, it's oh my god, terrible defending! What they what they should have done? Who was? Why wasn't he not picked up? Why why didn't the keeper do something? And it's and so you kind of get sucked into that as well. So they're just going. I, I probably would have applauded. Well, not now, I'm too miserable. But ten years ago, I probably would have applauded that goal secretly because it was such a good goal. It's yeah. as simple as that. But Sky can't present it in that way. I totally agree, and it was a great. I mean, it was. a uh, no one's defending that goal. The first touch to sort of take goal. it away from Dan, the, the the quick finish right in the roof of the goal. I mean, it's, yeah, I'm really concerned insane. now though because that's two game, two games in a row where they've been nigh on, well, not worldies, but absolute brilliant strikes. I'm concerned what Sheffield United are going to get up to now. <laughs> <laughs> they've only scored 18 goals all season. So McGoldrick's going to bang one in for 45 yards, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think either of those goals at the weekend were our fault, but it has been, you know, just turning it the other way. It's quite alarming the amount of goals we have let in this season. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's. I think it's. I think it's the worst it we've had all season, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so sorry. Ever since we've been back in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. It is. I think you know. It's uh, it's been shocking, really. It's been very shocking, and James, I'm so glad you said that because after the break, we're going to discuss the defence with the help of our friends from <laughs> the Athletic. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. 
a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Fan Podcast. Uh, this week is an athletic sponsored pod. Um, so we're going to read an article uh, from the athletic about Palace's defense. Um, I don't need to tell you that the athletic are a world class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Christmas. Do you know what? I'm not going to bother. Uh, everyone knows. Visit the athletic <laughs> UK for FYP. Start subscription for one pound. I, everyone knows. I don't need to keep doing that. One pound deal at the athletic UK for FYP. Blah, blah, blah. JD, I've just got an idea. Don't ever go into advertising. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. They know already. I don't, I, I don't need to say that we make cars. Yeah, just know. Just, just buy cornflakes. It doesn't matter what brand you buy. Just, they're all the same. Exactly. They're all the same. Just, just get the cheap like. ones from Tesco. They're making the same raw material. Exactly. Advertising needs more honesty, Andy. It needs more people. You're like paying that. a premium for the marketing materials. Come on, guys. Get with it. Man of the people. And Anyway, this one is about uh, Palace's defence. It's about Tompkins and Klein, who uh, played for the under-23s yesterday, I think. It's is that legal at their age? Doesn't seem right somehow. The two old blokes like that are playing for the under-23s. <laughs> He's wrong to me. Yeah. Anyway. Are we breaking the rules or something? Is it illegal? <laughs> I love evening pods. Is it illegal? Love evening pods. Um <laughs> You know all about the, the headline. The headline of the article. Don't, because Andy's Andy's legal <laughs> senses will start twitching. Um, that sounds weird. It, the article is called "Tompkins and Klein Closing on Palace Returns." It's revealing how much they've been missed. It's by Matt Wilson. It talks about uh, there's quotes from uh, Sean Derry, under twenty three coach, and uh, Mark Bright, who's commentated on that game, and uh, it talks about their returns and obviously what they've been or what we've been missing out in the first team from not having them. Here's a chunk from it. It says it's rather revealing from Palace's needs to strengthen this summer that both Klein and Tompkins return are anticipated quite as much as they are. The frustration of Nathan Ferguson's injury, remember him, yeah. has allowed Klein yeah. to fill the breach commendably, but he is not a long-term solution. Out of contract in the summer, it may come down to a prognosis on Ferguson, yet to make his Palace debut since joining from West Brom last summer, as to whether there's a new deal forthcoming at centre-back. A relative lack of mobility... Oh, yeah. Has hamstrung the squad, <laughs> forcing them deeper than they might otherwise have been in games, which is a fair point. The age of the squad will be reduced over the coming windows, and that must include fresh faces at the back. Kevin, we heard from uh, James at the end of part one how concerned mm. he is with the defence. Are you? Do you share those concerns as well, and do you expect a big overhaul in the summer? <laughs> Have you listened to the pod at all this season? <laughs> I, t- I tend not to, I'll be totally honest. I, I think Matt, Matt answers his own questions. I mean, I mean, I think Tompkins is probably the best defender we've got. But I can't remember a period when he managed to string five games together. He's been horrendously unlucky with with injuries. Um it, it basically it says it says it all really that we're stressing about the fitness of a thirty is he thirty three now? I think Tom Klein early thirties, I think. Klein I mean Klein's only twenty one. To me it's a no brainer it's a no brainer that Klein gets a new contract. I think I, I think Klein's a really top quality Premier League fullback. So that that one I don't think is an issue. But Tomkin's thirty two. Well, exactly. it speaks volumes that, and at thirty-two, he's still one of our younger centre backs. That's the issue. That's that's. I mean, we know there are areas to resolve. I mean, again, you mentioned Nathan Ferguson. There's an irony there that Roy will probably be pointing. Roy's probably pointing that out all the time. Yeah, you go on about your old players. Look at the the young one. He's he's not fit. <laughs> you know? He's the one who's. And the rumours are that he's had another setback and possibly won't be ready to start next season, which makes you wonder how fit he'll ever be. But again, we we know it's, it's it's so easy for us to go, well, because we need we need younger, fresher centre-backs. Well, where do we get them from? That's the problem. We're not brilliant at recruitment in the first place. So, you know, and everyone goes, well, we know we need a central midfield player who's, who's, who's creative. We need a striker who can score 20 goals a season. We need a young centre-back. We need cover at full-back. It's, so does everybody else, essentially. 
and it's that that all takes a lot of money. So I mean, and we know there are players out there. It's like it, it made me laugh. Roy Keane on on Sunday talking about the arrogance of Man United owners, and in the very next breath says we have to go out and get Harry Kane and 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 Jack Grealish, which how arrogant is that? It's like we have to go and get those players. And by the way, who's paying for them? Essentially, except the billionaires that you're breaking yeah, your exactly. protest about. But we, but we're not at that level. We're not at the level where we can click our fingers. We can't do what Liverpool do to Southampton and just have a look there and say, well, we'll get a replacement from them. But Kev, we, we are. At a, so we, but know. Kev, we are at a level where we could get somebody like Eze, who's one yeah, of the players of last season of the Championship, to come yeah, to us. That's that's, so, you know, that's very true. And there would have been other clubs after him. But you know, there is something about Palace that has got that. You know there is well there is James, but we were yeah, had those players. Yeah. But but how many of we we said when Eze signed, we said, well, that's how unlike Palace is that for us to be the, you know, we're yeah. we're, we're all uh, yeah because we're we're going well. We missed out on Watkins, we missed out on Ben Rama. Oh, well, oh, we got Eze. That's interesting. But nothing, n- none of the players we brought in in the last three years gives you immense confidence that we're going to go out and get these players and again it depends who the manager is because if Roy's still manager or Dice is still manager then they're not going to be bringing in a 19, 20 year old untested centre back from the French second division they won't take that the, the risk like Leicester did on that the full back they got who's scored his first goal against us who's brilliant I, I bet I doubt if he was on our radar no. You know, so nothing gives me any confidence that we're going to get somebody in. You know, if, if I, I'm guessing if Daesh comes, then they will bring Tarkovsky or me with him. The reason people are so keen on Lampard coming is because they just automatically assume that he'll bring Billy Gilmore and Tammy Abrahams and Ruben Loftus cheek with him. That's that's not the, that's not how football works. No. We can't afford those players. We can't afford their wages. We can't afford the transfer things. So. I don't think we could afford Tarkovsky to be perfectly honest. With well, you. Did you, yeah. Although Burnley's wage structure is probably the most reasonable in Premier League football, then we probably could bump his wages up a little bit. But we can't afford to bring the quality of players in that we're, we're screaming out for. And I don't think our recruitment's good enough to find jewels in uh, abroad or in the Championship. So, so what's going to happen then next season, do you reckon? I worry about it. I'm genuinely worried about it next season. I, if we, the, the contract thing, I, I hope and pray that the contracts are being sorted out yeah. as we speak or have been being sorted out as we speak because Andy knows how long these things take. It's, oh, yeah. it's not just a, it's not like the old days. It's not just a handshake with an agent in the motorway service station. These mm. things take forever to sort out. Uh, oh, that's very you know, dodgy. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's, no, 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 I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, we we can't be just like Clinton Morris and the sky. We'll wait to see what you can't wait to see what happens in June. These things need to be sorted out now. And if it's not sorted out properly, I'd, I'm I'm more because we need we need quality next season. We need to keep the better players we've got. And we need to get rid of the players that we. You know, like PVA are on excessive wages for the quality of football that they play, but we, that needs to be done now. Yeah, we can't be waiting until June and go. Well, let's have a look at who's available because everybody else is doing their business at the moment. Yeah, I do think I do. In terms of recruitment, I do think um, Eze has has proven to be an excellent signing, and I, I don't know what the the total amount is in the end probably 17 18 million something like that but uh, that already looks like money well spent to me and hopefully that is an indication that palace are going down a slightly different route that has previously left us with a stack of center backs all in their 30s where obviously you're going to have these kind of issues i mean we've got a couple of questions on it uh s shannon right says, oh, yes. um roy is known for being organized in defense but we are the third worst what other manager could do a better job with old and unfit players mm. i mean i know andy we we hear this thing about old and unfit players but uh, with, a, with a manager like roy who is so well drilled in defense you can surely get better results even with older players can't you or is it purely a case that they need to be managed differently and, <coughs> and is that a worry that our defense has, has become so bad well, which question do you want me to answer first? All of them. <laughs> Every single one of them. At the same time. Because <laughs> there's about four questions there. Whichever yeah, one you like. Do you know, I've given you a little selection there. You can pick whichever one you want. Can you not that take well, that attitude in court if the judge asks you a simple question? You say, which, what, sorry, judge, what am I asking it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm not sure I'd compare JD to a judge, but there we go. Um, I... That's what the J stands for. It's Judge Daly. Judge <laughs> <laughs> Daly. <laughs> Well, that's in a new ITV3 uh, <laughs> reality show I've ever heard of. It. Judge Daly is just what I, Judge Daly is just what I do to you guys every, every, every day. day. Yeah, we get it. We got it. Yeah, we got it. Uh, it's, you can't explain it. Yeah. 
Sorry, can you repeat at least one of the questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Are you worried about the defence? No, my, my main yes. question was this, 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 not excuse, this reasoning that the defence is bad because all the players are, are old and on the way out. Is that a valid, is that a valid reason for a defence performing so badly that, that previously, under this type of manager, had performed well? That's a, that, that's a very nicely structured question. Um, the truth of the matter is, it's all of those factors, isn't it? But it's more than that. It's you know, Roy Hodgson has shown himself able to drill experienced teams into excellent results and runs of results and keeping teams up like Palace before. Um, it, these these players are not only picking up injuries, probably more so than they were before. And that I, I do wonder if that part of that is the physical load and demand of this uh, truncated season without the additional subs, which I do think clubs of Palace's size should have voted for and were foolish not to do so. Um, so, so there is that. Equally, there, there are just individual mistakes being made by those who are fit and who are on the pitch that you wouldn't typically expect of players in a Roy Hodgson team and at a team like Palace. You know, we've, we've seen plenty of them this season where you just... The individual areas you thought, how on earth have we done that? Um, and equally, there have been plenty of matches where, because we don't have much in the way of driving forces in front of the defence in central midfield, the balls come back pretty quickly at times. So I know it's 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 lots of factors, isn't it? But I think that the ultimate thing that just has to be derived from it, and, and that is concerning, is just the. The results that have come from it, you know, there, there have been a considerable number of goals conceded. That is a concern. It's particularly a concern for a club who, you know, even now you hear the cliche, don't you? And all the commentary on these games, well, Palace, they're known for their defensive solidity. And now they're actually adding in the qualification carrier. But of course, that's not been the case this season. <laughs> and, 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 well, and what you don't want is for that to, to continue. Really, we need to get back to that defensive solidity because that's been really one of the main reasons that we've stayed in the division so long, despite not being as big a club as some of the teams who haven't stayed in the division that long. It's not just a back four either when it comes to defensive solidity. I mean, Luke has not had a brilliant season. No. You know, our, our defensive midfield players haven't really covered themselves in glory, but it's, we're not just slightly worse defensively than before, which is a huge goal. The amount of, I mean, normally that's one of the things you've looked for. If, if we're in relegation trouble, you always go, well, our goal difference will always be worth a point. It'll always be much better than anybody else's. And it's it's not. I mean, it's, you know, I think it's only two clubs with a worse defensive record than us. And that's, that will only get worse if you keep the same players who will be in another year old. And like Andy says, if, if you're not, be interested to see what the stats are and how many times we've started with the same back four. Because I don't think we'll have done it many, many times. It won't yeah. be many times. And again, that makes life really hard, especially for the keeper. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, yeah, and we'll see what happens this summer. I suspect we will see a few changes. But uh, yeah, and over the next five years, I think if Tompkins comes back, I don't know if he's back for Saturday. I, I, I think that we'll, we'll probably see an improvement at the back. But but we uh, we will see. Anyway, you can read that article by Matt and many more at The Athletic. And if you go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash FIP, you can start a subscription for just £1. After the break, if you are listening on the public feed, we've got a clip from the Pod Extra from the weekend's game if you are listening on the patreon feed we're going to go straight into part four where we've got questions so uh, let's see what you end up with it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. that's zero atm fees zero balance requirements and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. There was, there was one of those, it, it's one of those games where there's an expectation almost that you're going to concede and and this season against some of the top sides we've conceded quite a few goals um and we i think a lot of palace fans would have gone into this thinking this is a manchester city side that that kind of you know steamroller teams that they play against but 
Palace, I think Palace did the right thing in terms of their setup. And, and actually, this is one of those games where Roy Hodgson's approach excels because that deep kind of, um, you know, the deep press ultimately results in in teams having to kind of find a way through those situations and it just ultimately when it did happen it it happened very very quickly and man city made that that move very quickly aguero i think that was his first ever game that he scored at sohas park against yeah, palace apparently. so it kind of tells you the kind of difficulty that man city have had whenever they visited sohas park it's not we don't make it easy for them um and it reminds me of the uh, of the all or nothing season of of uh, Manchester City on on Amazon, where Pep Guardiola was essentially put so much emphasis on winning against Palace and and said that we, that Palace were one of the toughest teams to break down. So it is one of those things. Palace are really good at that, and they that every one of those players, especially in the first half, I, I, I say not the second half because of that that you know forty five or fifty second spell where they basically just scored two very quick goals. Um, but the focus was there for pretty much, you know, 93 and a half minutes. It was just that half a minute or minute more that, that wasn't enough. Um, what were your thoughts on, on Palace's midfield play? I thought Luca had a really good game as well in terms of just his handling. And Eze, in that central role, kind of, he seems to be growing into that position, doesn't he, Dom? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I suspect that, that we'll inevitably drift towards the, the future of the management at some point in this podcast but I think there was an there was a an incident just on half time mm. where Eze dispossessed Sterling um, in the in the Palace box where well, I just looked at it and thought wow Roy Hodgson has had an effect on this man and he has had an effect on, on how he plays and his game is more rounded now than it was when he arrived this time last year and whoever is in charge of Crystal Palace next season will will benefit from a better player in Eberichieze on the back of a year working under Roy Hodgson being told that he can't he's, he isn't a luxury he, he can't this is a team that can't afford to have a luxury player in the ranks um and that he has to put in a shift defensively as well and that's exactly what he's done in the last few weeks and when he plays in that in that three, and Roy spoke about it on Friday at his as his pre match press conference. I mean, Palace are well aware that he he wants to play. He he likes to drift more central. Let's put it like that um, from the left. But in 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 that three, it really suits him when he gets stuck in as he did today. And and he was he was a mixture of. Of everything, really. I mean, that pass that he slipped through to to Wolf in the in the latter stages, which could might have yielded a a goal. Um, it, it was one of the the rare occasions that that Wolf got completely free of of his fullback on that side and Cancelo, um, and it was an excellent covering cha- challenge from Nathan Ake to stop him from getting a shot off. But that was a lovely pass from Eze, and it went, it was reminiscent of the of the approach play in the build up to the goal at Leicester City on, on Monday night. So there's a relationship building there in an attacking sense, which is great. But the, the very fact that he gets back and puts tackles in, I don't think he would have done that in those in the first few weeks of the season. But mm. he's got it now. The penny has dropped. He, you know, th- there are only a few. No, that's I can't even say that. I was going to make the mistake of saying there are only a few teams in the in the Premier League where you can't do that. But Manchester City are a prime example uh, of a a team where every single attacking player puts in a shift defensively as well. If Eze wants to take his game to the next level, level which he clearly does, then he he needed to learn how to do that, and he needed to to do that at this level. Uh, I think he, he in the Championship he could excel and stand out not putting in that shift he was he was a dazzling player he was he was the the extra man that made a difference for QPR going forward but he didn't have to he didn't have to get stuck in defensively particularly maybe QPR would have been a better team if he had but the reality is he's learned it and uh, I was really impressed with him today I was I mean I think it bodes tremendously well when you see Tariq Mitchell and Eze doing so well in a, in a Palace team and, and, and Riedeval having, having an impact as well. Mm. Let's not forget him. Um, and then um, just to just to complete the set, we've got Jean-Philippe Mateta coming off the bench for 23 minutes and he did actually win a few headers in the air. He didn't, he didn't have much of an opportunity, but, but he showed that he has got a bit of aerial prowess about him as well. So let's not get carried away. This was a very much a, a Manchester, it's not nowhere near Manchester City's first team, but it's still a bloody 
bloody good team. Mm. Um, and we, we we gave it a go. And we, you know, we can't be too disappointed with the way that things turned out. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Part four. So you may have just heard a clip from the Pod Extra. Uh, if you did and you fancy listening to that, it's available at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. If you're a patron, then you've gone straight to part four. Congratulations. Um, we're going to rattle through some questions here because we are massively running out of time. Uh, Art Vandalay 32. Hi, Art. Hi, Art. One of our Hi, regulars. Uh, says, I'm happy 60th, Kevin. Um, Question, which is very nice. Question for the pod. Having reached this milestone, is it not time to get that tattoo and swim across the <laughs> pond, ensuring the piece of paper is not in your trouser pocket? Don't want that getting wet. Uh, <laughs> I'll get a pouch for that. Don't worry. I'll thank you for your uh, birthday message. It's very kind of you. Uh, unfortunately, COVID put, I am getting a birthday tattoo, but uh, it's been put on hold slightly. Uh, I'm getting two. One of them would be Palace one. Oh. So I'll display those when everything's... I assumed that was a nod to the fact that we were supposed to get tattoos of Palace staying up or something. 2014, we were, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they don't forget, you know, our listeners. No, they don't. (laughs) Yeah, but now now the the six-year limitation period under the limitation of 1980 elapsed, (laughs) what would have been seven years ago. So you can't hold me to it, guys. Unlucky. (laughs) No, shame. Um... I will get I will get a tattoo one day. I haven't worked out what I want yet. But I'll, I'll see how Kevin's I'll see how Kevin's turn out, and then uh... well, Andy Andy will be getting his Masonic tattoos shortly. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, right, let's move on. Andy's surely going to get regression to the mean tattooed on him, just just as a reminder. Surely, oh, I need got... a reminder. <laughs> Have you, uh, I've brought it up in every pod for about five years. Don't need to go, oh, really? That'd be a great tattoo, though. He's got it in those big gothic letters, and people are coming up to him in the street going, Oh, I love your tattoo. Or in Chinese symbols. Like when David right. Beckham got his child's name wrong in Chinese. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With regression to the moan. Um, <laughs> let's back on to this a very different, very different tattoo. Did, um, you think, did you think that before, and That's very funny. Sometimes now and then, Kevin. Now and then, I can think of things on the spot. Which uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, oh, I, bet, I bet I picked some good questions. Oh, here's one from Paulie Mantel. Hi, Paulie. It says, "Have we reached a dead end?" That's a bit. Ooh, that's, that's, a bit that's a bit bleak. You got turned, cool. turned the corner and found a dead end there. Yeah, yeah we're still a roundabout. I think we're on a roundabout rather than a dead end. Uh, that that's more positive. I'll take the roundabout yeah. rather than the yeah. dead end. Uh, Paul Knight. Hi Paul. Hi, says, Paul. At the rugby, you can get pay five pounds for ref link, so you can listen to the mic'd up ref. Well, that sounds mm. good. When crowds are back, how many takers for Ray Link? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Nearly <clears throat> just need to sit near the front of the main stand, don't you? Give it hell. <laughs> yeah. Good Ray's skills of projection are. Uh, I yeah. like Steve uh, Steve Bruce's theory that refs are giving more yellow cards because you can hear players scream now. <laughs> did he? Did he say yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to defend the red card, he said refs can hear every. He was doing his classic, implying that you know modern players just go down screaming like girls every time they're tackled. So, but Ray, that'd be great. I don't think Ray would enjoy it very much, would he? He'd have to. <laughs> I don't know. Does Ray know that we all talk about him shouting so much? Yeah, I, I, think, know, I think it's become a, it's become such a thing. I mean, it's become a thing. Yeah. Broadcasters mention it quite a lot, don't they? So, well, yeah, I mean, you can't not. To be honest, it yeah. is very noticeable. Um, Henry Silas Birch. Hey, Henry. Hey, Henry. Henry. Great name. Um, said, would you rather Roy gets a two-year extension or PVA gets a three-year extension and he has to play every game? <laughs> <laughs> which which one would cause the uh, greatest fallout on Twitter? Because you know me, I do love the chaos. <laughs> Just like to watch I the think world probably... Probably Roy, I think. But... Probably the former, I would have thought. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Imagine if you imagine announcing those on the same day. Imagine, <laughs> imagine Jim White on Sky saying, "Palace is a press conference at Sellers Park at twelve o'clock." 
<laughs> now we go live. It's and they're Phil both Alexander. sat next to each other. Phil Alexander saying PVA's player manager for the next three years. <laughs> Roy staying on as head coach. <laughs> and the Palace are officially shutting down their Twitter account at the same time. Yeah. Um, let me move on to a serious question. So I've just chucked three uh, nonsense. Well, that wasn't serious. Oh, That's a good question. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know Henry's intention. Maybe it was. Here's one from uh, Jacqueline Ann Hart. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Jacqueline. Who Hi, Jacqueline. is one of our patrons. So thank you very much, Jacqueline, for your support. Uh, thoughts on player of the season? It's normally about now that we that comes to fruition. Uh, Enders? Ooh. Oh, God, player of the season. Blimey. Blimey, O'Reilly. I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, can you try somebody else first? I'll right, go, go, go to uh, Andy. Andy, who sticks out for you for ooh, it's a tough one. Uh probably Ray Lewington, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be Wolf, hasn't it? The number of goals he's got. Yeah, first d- double figures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin, Goy- is it Wolf for you? Goyita, maybe? Goyita, I would have thought. Who won it last season? I've, I've completely forgotten. Was it Wolf? I think no, it, it was Wolf. It was IU. Yeah. It was Jordan IU. It was IU. Jordan oh, IU. of course, you're right. You're quite right. Yeah. You're quite right. It won't be him this season. Yeah, you one player's player. Well, it should have been Wilf last season, frankly. So it should be Wilf this season, at least uh, to compensate yeah, that. So, yeah. And because he's and because he's made double figures. But yeah, we've always been saying that Wilf needed to add goals to his game, and he's done yeah. that. So yeah, it probably would be Wilf. It's been it'd be nice to have an attacking option. Yeah. For one, they might have to get a new trophy <laughs> with a ball at his feet, but no, that'd be nice. <laughs> well, it would be a bit be, it's, 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 fourth time, wouldn't it? It'd be a third or fourth time. I think it, it would draw him level with Jules. I think it's a, it's a good question because we had three or four seasons when Jules was the only option, and then we've had three or four seasons where it's been you've had a couple of choices, but there aren't any. There's no real real standout to be honest. I think the idea of giving it to Will just because he got to double figures when he should have been getting into double figures for the last five or six seasons anyway. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But fair enough. I'd rather get to Will say, you know, Will, thanks a lot. It's been great having you here. Enjoy your time. Here's player of the season. No, let's not get into the Will. We have it would be Will. It would be Will's fourth of the wins, and he, that would draw him level with Julian Sproni as a record, um, which I think would be quite, you know, quite impressive to be honest. For, for all the stick that Wolf gets, you know, for various reasons, I think that would, yeah, that would deserve to have a record a like that. Yeah, I think that yeah. would solidify him as a Palace legend, <coughs> really, to be honest. Um, good. Well, that was easy. Wow, we did that really quickly. Um, let's let's move on then. Thank you very much for your questions. Uh, we'll move on and do a really brief preview of the Sheffield United game this weekend. Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to part five. Oh my god, part when do we start having five part pods? Um, part five of the five Plan podcast. Right. When when you say we, you decided to have yeah, five part pods. It's true. It's since I started putting <coughs> in the clip for the pod extra, yeah. um, which is good marketing. And uh, you know, is it working? Is it very working? confusing. Uh, it's not. It's not confusing. And it, it is confusing. It is you're, you're playing with time and space. It's like if you're if you're part of this, you you're getting this, and now mm. you don't know if it's part. It's four keeping or part our five. listeners on their toes, Kevin. I'd like to make sure that they're all they're all listening. Um, anyway, part five, Chef United at home. Kevin, what are we expecting from that? I feel like we'll either get one of two Palace performances. We'll either get the the, <laughs> the Leeds home performance and we'll smash them, or we'll get... Jenny, is it not Sheffield United away? It is, yeah. I'll tell is you it? What, oh. I know what we're expecting from Sheffield United at home. It'd be a 1-0 victory is what I would expect. <laughs> yeah, you're right, of course. Or was it two? It was, uh, no, no, it's it, away. It's it's I, yeah. <clears throat> I think we're a better team than Sheffield United, basically. We it would be nice for us to go up there and, and prove it, score early on. I mean, they, they, they're really struggling to score goals. They're really struggling to defend. They're not getting hammered, but they're, they're really finding it hard to prevent teams scoring against them. And I think whoever we start, we've got enough in us to... I don't, I don't think Roy will go up there with the intention of scoring lots of goals. I think it, the most likely outcome is is 1-0. 
uh, and there's more of a chance of it being one nil to us than to them. I would have thought it'd be nice to see Eze given a bit more of an, uh, an attacking role in this game. Yeah, I think Ender's probably see the same lineup and same sort of system. Sheffield United used to play three at the back, but I know like mm. half their defenders are injured. <coughs> yeah. So I don't actually know what system they play, but I would have thought more of the same. Yeah, I think I would have thought after that first sort of 60 minutes against the potential European champions, I think we should be playing the same uh, team against a, a championship team, which yeah. is indeed what they are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to see some, dare I say, entertaining football. Um, <laughs> but it'd be nice to see some goals. It'd be nice to see Eze to get on the score sheet again. Uh, Wilf to get more. You know, of course, it'd just be nice to... It'd be nice to... I don't want to humiliate anybody. Well, I do, actually. Let's, let's humiliate them. <laughs> let's humiliate Sheffield United. Let's make them wish they'd never, ever been in the Premier League. <laughs> Let's just they say, got you know, to that point at about February, didn't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, I just, I think in terms of confidence, because we played well the last couple of games and not got anything from them. Uh, we've only got one game left of the season against one of the big boys, and even they may not get to Europe. Yeah. So um, <coughs> it'd be it'd be nice to sh- just to see something, just to see some attacking force and, and see a couple of goals. To be honest. Otherwise, the, the, the season really is going to peter out into a dead end. <laughs> well, yeah, especially when you look at some of that we, we've got after that Southampton, then Arsenal, Liverpool. So, obviously, end of the season is quite tough. Andy, what are you expecting from Palace on Saturday? Uh, well, Sheffield United don't win a lot of games. Crystal Palace sometimes struggle to win games. So, it's going to be a nil-nil draw. <clears throat> you're, not, you're, not, you're not hoping for anything more entertaining like Enders? Kevin, I'm hoping I'm hoping for an eight 0 Palace win like I am in every single match, but I'm not sure that's necessarily going to happen. I'd, as I said that, I realised hoping was the wrong word. And normally, Kevin, Kevin and James will happily play along with the question. I have to be so precise <laughs> in my answer, and I know I know you so well. I know you're going to see it if I pick even one wrong word. It's not facetious, Jamie. It's just ask, answering your questions. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would hope that we would, uh, you know, that the. Obviously, the, the people have started to bring out the cliche of being on the beach, but sometimes <laughs> towards the end of seasons when we when did you do that at the start of the pod? Yeah, yeah. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. When when Palace teams under Roy have secured their safety, we've sometimes seen slightly less shackled football. Um, so you'd, uh, you don't want them to throw caution to the wind, but certainly it would be nice to see them enjoying their football like they seem to be in parts of the first half against Manchester City at the weekend and um, you know Sheffield United aren't particularly good as this season's shown so they're certainly they're to be taken for a result aren't they yeah it'd be nice it'd be nice to put any lingering doubts about relegation to bed but it'd be even nicer if we did it with our result rather than Fulham losing yeah basically it'd be nice if they just said look boys we can just we can we can get on the beach from next week if we win this one so let's Let's get it done and dusted. Let's, yeah, because we're, we're more than capable of beating them. We are a better side than Sheffield United are. Full stop. Simple as that. So every now and again, we we sort of prove that to teams. And our record against teams around us and below us has been has been fine this season. So just even, about the on the beach thing, Kev. It's going to be quite an interesting summer, isn't it? Because there's going to be no European, no uh, travel abroad. So you may go to you may go to Morecambe and Scarborough and see the Guero on the beach and Lyme yeah. Regis. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of Premier League footballers on the beaches of Britain. Well, also, there's only I, think, I think there's a, rea- a reality TV show in I, there. Well, Kev. no, I think there's a 10,000 word athletic article in that. Yeah, pro- well, there's more than a 10,000 yeah. word about that. But it's only a pound a month, isn't it? It Bargain. Apparently. <laughs> How many words is that for your pound? I said, that's, that's yeah. incredible. It'd be nice to see Kevin. It'd be nice to see Kevin De Bruyne go onto the beach at Brighton and not realise <laughs> there's no sand there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he really stubs his toe when he kicks <laughs> that pebble. To be fair, though, if, it's a, busy, it? if it's a busy beach, he'll be good at finding space. So oh, no. Oh, I think we should end the podcast there. Uh, uh, nice to be feeling positive about this game at the weekend. And um, what we're praise for a Manchester City player who <laughs> just beaten us. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Um, it, and it'll be good to be mathematically safe. And we can use real maths rather than James Endicott maths and Palace. We can actually look for <laughs> Palace next season, guys. Thank you very much for for, for joining me. Nice to have the uh, the Fab Four. Yeah. Us back together yeah, again. Nice yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Help! <laughs> oh, let it, let it be. Let it. <laughs>
<laughs> Brilliant. Right. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our patrons. And we'll see you again next week after that Sheffield United game. Uh, until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Take care. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Later. When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants, or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabine of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. Podcast Network.